Today we'll consider the seventh and the tenth commandments, both which concern stealing and other people's possessions. Um, so there's a positive part and a negative part to each sacrament, and uh, the negative part of the seventh, each each commandment. I've been I've been teaching the sacraments at, at um, seminary. It's, it's just sacraments from my mind. So the the negative part of the seventh commandment, not sacrament, is um, thou shalt not steal. What you must not do. You must not steal. The positive part is what you are obliged to do, and that is you are obliged to make restitution when you have stolen from someone. Um, we can't cover all of that today, so we're just going to cover the positive part, the duty to make restitution when you have committed a theft. And it's really important for us to have this sense of other people's property, that something belongs to somebody else. And that if I take it, well, I can't just keep it. I've got to give it back. I've got to restore what I've stolen. And there's this, there's this expression in moral theology, res clamat domino. The thing itself is clamoring for its owner. Things cry out for their proper owner. Things scream out, I don't belong to you. I belong to somebody else. And therefore, I'm not in my proper home. And you've got to return me to my proper home. This sense that we have in our conscience, our, our consciousness of, of the fact that uh, there is something called property where people have ownership over a thing, and that means I can't appropriate it for myself, this consciousness is necessary for us to have the consciousness of God's ownership of things. In the end, it's very important for us to have a sense of the rights of God, of what we owe to God. God owns everything because God is at the source of all reality. He brings everything into existence. So what, what we really want to form in our hearts through the practice of the Seventh Commandment, besides the fact that we respect the properties of others, is that we respect what belongs to God as well. And we don't just use things in this life or on this earth as if we have total ownership over it. Because in the end, we don't have total ownership over anything. It all ultimately belongs to God. And it's important that we respect that ownership of God we be careful about the things that belong to God. We not misuse the things that He's given us. Starting with our own person, our own body and our own soul. Um, but, but also, the other things that God gives to us, um, we must not take away the honor due to Him. And if we do take away the honor due to Him, we have to make up for it. We've got to repay um, Him for, for what we've taken away from Him. So, the demand that we return property to its proper owner when we've stolen it, um, or if we've taken away somebody's reputation, and we try to restore the reputation, this duty applies for anybody, no matter who they are, regardless of the status of the person, whether they be poor or rich. You know, if, I, if I've taken from a rich person, Stole a rich person's car, doesn't matter. I still got to return it, even though they've got 
five cars or 60 cars, I still got to return it. Or it doesn't matter also on the worth of the person. I can't say, well, you know, I mean, he's a jerk. He's so wicked. You know, he's done this to me, he's done that to me, he's been nice to me, so I took his car. Like, no, well, it doesn't belong to you. Two wrongs don't make a right. So the Catechism of the Council of Trent, it explains that not only those who actually commit a theft are required to make restitution, but even those who merely cooperate in the theft. Even if you're just an accessory to the crime of theft, you still have a duty to return the thing to the owner. Um, it says, it speaks of seven different types of people who may be involved in theft, even in a remote way, even though they're not directly involved in the theft, and they also are bound to restitution. Um, first of all, those who order others to steal, like someone who's in charge of a gang of thieves. He's ordering other, other people to, you know, his, his members, the members of his gang to steal this or that. Um, the Catechism says that these uh, people are the most criminal among thieves because they're the leaders of thieves. Well, they're, they're obliged to make restitution for the things that their subordinates steal from other people. Secondly, those who persuade and encourage theft. Yeah, you should take that from, from him. Yeah, you, should, you should, you know, if you need this, then just go get it. Thirdly, those who consent to theft committed by others. Can I go steal this? You know, your child asks, can I take this from the store? And the parent says, sure, go ahead. The parent is obliged to restitution. Fourth, the accomplices of theft who derive gain from it. Uh, the, the famous example is, is someone who's driving the getaway car outside the bank. He's sitting outside the bank, he's got the car running. And then the, 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 the actual thieves go in and they, they, they rob the bank. And he comes out and they jump in the car. Well, the one driving the car, he's bound to restitution. Fifthly, those who have the power to prevent theft, but rather fully and freely sanction its commission. Those who do nothing to stop the theft when they should. Sixthly, those who know when and where the theft was committed, but who pretend they know nothing about it. Those who hide the information, those who protect the thieves. Seventhly, those who guard, defend, receive, or harbor thieves. Um, they're providing them a hiding place so they can keep their stolen goods. So those seven types of people are obliged to restitution. And of course, restitution is the duty of those who actually informally commit the theft. All right, so if you've committed theft, and, and you've, or you're one of these seven types of people who has been an accessory to theft, how do you make restitution? What is the proper way to make restitution to the proper owner? First of all, first rule is you have to make restitution to the person from whom you took the thing. If you took it from, from somebody living on 13 Appleby Street, you've got to return it to the person on 13 Appleby Street. That's the end of the story. You've got to return it to the proper owner. You can't just say, I'm going to donate money to charity. I'm going to keep this thing. I'm just going to donate the equivalent to charity. You can't automatically do that. Um, restitution must be made to the one who legitimately possessed the thing. 
At the same time, there are some exceptions to this rule. For some, if there's a grave reason, restitution may be made to another. For instance, if a father of a family stole something, and he knew that if he made restitution to the owner, he would incriminate himself, he would go to prison, and his for for a decade, you know, and his his family would, would be without their father. This time, um, well, you know, he, he would not be obliged to restore to to the proper owner. He he might uh, yes, just be obliged to, as I say, make the equivalent restitution to to some charity. If the thing was taken from a person who was not competent for the administration of the property, say you stole a car, somebody's car, but that person, the person who was driving the car, um, is not the proper owner. It's, it's, it's a company car. It happened to be a company car that you stole. Well, then you've got to restore the car to the company. You wouldn't restore it to the person. Uh, you would restore it to, to the company. And if the person died, so you, st you, you, you steal thousand uh, dollars from somebody and the next week they die. Well, then you have to restore the money to the heirs of the person who died. It doesn't say, oh, well, you know, too bad, you know, the person died. So I don't, I, I don't have to return the money. No, you still have to return the money. You have to return it to the heirs of the person who died. Um, what if you don't know? If you don't know the person, what if you don't know the proper owner? And well, you know, I stole, I, I stole the car, but I don't know who owned it. There was no identification in the car. I guess, you know, I can just keep the car. No, no, you can't just keep the car. You've got to make an investigation. You've got to try to find the owner. You've got a duty to, to do some investigation, a diligent investigation, um, in order to find the owner. And even if you can't find the owner, then you have to either divide the thing among the probable owners, find probable owners, or um, give money to the poor, the equivalent value to the poor. Um, so it's only if the person is totally unknown that you can yes, give the value to some pious causes. All right, so when you make this restitution, especially making restitution to the owner itself, how must you do it? I mean, do you have to go up to his door, knock on his door and say, hello, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm the one who stole your stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of here to give it back to you. Really sorry about that. Well, you're, you're not obliged to do it openly. Um, it, it, it can be done secretly, even without the knowledge of the owner. Um, the only time when you have to openly make restitution is when you've destroyed someone's reputation. And you've openly, for instance, professed some calumny, some lie about someone else that's destroyed your reputation. Well, then you've got to come out in public and say, I lied. What I said about that person was not actually true. Then you've got to confess your, your crime openly and publicly, because that's the only thing it's going to be possible to make restitution. But if you stole the car, I mean, it's, it's okay to drive the car to the person's house and, and, and leave the, the keys in the mailbox. That's, that's sufficient. You don't have to, to call up the owner and incriminate yourself. Um, or you can have someone else do it. 
in, in times past, when, when the priest was more involved in people's lives, sometimes people would have the priest do it. They'd say, Father, I stole this thing, and the priest would say, well, you've got to make restitution. And the person says, well, if I make restitution, then, well, I mean, I'm going to get thrown in jail. And uh, well, the priest would say, well, you meet me outside of confession, and you, you tell me, you know, what, what happened, and so we don't break the seal of confession, and I can take care of it for you. And the priest himself would go and say, look, you know, somebody, I'm not going to reveal his name, he's took this from you, and I'm here to restore it. Um, and then it's best, in, in, in what's proper is restore the actual thing that was stolen, um, but sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you can't do that. Um, say you've, you've purposely wasted your time at work. You've, you've basically stolen the money of the company because you're not really doing work when you're at work. And, well, you're obliged to restore it to the, to the company. You can just, for instance, work some overtime um, without telling the company that you've done this. If you're on a salary, just work some overtime. Um, or, you know, sometimes you can exchange something else where, where you, you work uh, an amount of time to make up for the thing that you've stolen if, again, you know, you're going to incriminate yourself, get into big trouble, um, because there's no duty to incriminate yourself. You know, there's no duty for you to go to jail. You don't, you don't have to turn yourself in when you've committed theft. You do have a duty to restitution, but you don't have a duty to, to go to jail and suffer the sort of the, the uh, state's punishment for, for the crime. Um, Yes. Before God, what you've got to do is you've got to restore the equivalent. Um, but, but God does not bind you to suffer the secular penalty for, for the crime. And so, yes, it, you know, even, even in situations where, for instance, you've stolen from the state, the moral theology books, they, they say, well, what do, you, what do you do to restore, to make restitution? And they suggest in some cases you can buy public bonds, or, or just buy postal stamps. You've stolen $1,000 from the state, buy $1,000 worth of postal stamps and then burn them. And you, you've, you've made restitution to, to the state in that way without incriminating yourself. That's, that's a possibility. When do you have to make restitution? Well, you gotta do it right away. You're not allowed to wait and say, well, you know, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. Maybe, Maybe at the end of the year, yeah, I'll, I'll take the car back. I'm just still getting used to it, so I'll just take it back at the end of the year. No, you've got you to make restitution right away. Um, unless, unless there's a serious cause, um, you've got to make the restitution immediately at the first opportunity. Delay is only allowed for a very good reason, um, yes. Um, either you're still looking for the owner um, or you have absolutely no money, you're impoverished, you're bankrupt, and you can't, I mean, you can't give money back when you don't have any money. By the time you came to, to uh, the realization that, that you've committed a grave crime, you know, you, you're not in a position to restore it. Or if there's grave danger of life, health, fame, or your freedom. Um, so this is the church's teaching 
on the seventh commandment, the duty to restore to the owner. We think about um, how appropriate this is. This is the moral law of the church, and it's, it's what is right and just. If, if, we didn't have, if we weren't instructed in these things, if we weren't told these things, then we would just think, well, I mean, if I can get away with it, it's good. We wouldn't have any sense. We, 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 some of these things we take for granted. Would we have any sense of the property of other people if it were not for the church, our mother, teaching us and giving us this consciousness of, of the fact that it's not right to take things that belong to others. You know, in some pagan nations of the past, stealing was just a way of life. It wasn't, it wasn't seen as being wrong in any way. It was just a question of, if you can acquire something, you acquire it. That's it. But, but the church teaches us otherwise. The church teaches us the proper way to, to live our human life, to lead a, a decent human life that's pleasing to God. So we want to have that consciousness of the fact that we have no right to the things that belong to others. And then from that, we also have this consciousness of the fact that in the end, everything belongs to God. So I have to treat the things that belong to me, my family members, things that belong to me um, in, in my home, things that in my work, I have to treat them ultimately as belonging to God himself.